is Wednesday, September 13, 2023. It's day 980 of the J6 political hostage crisis. I'm Mel Holly, and this is your Justice in Jeopardy update. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Justice in Jeopardy. I've got Ashton Ritchie joining me today from Condemned USA, and uh, she is uh, she's a little more familiar with Owen Shore's, Shoyer's case than than I am. But I uh, I happened upon him doing a little presser after his sentencing today, so uh, I thought I'd pull Ashton in so we can uh, give you guys a little background on this case. Hey, Ashton. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, tell me tell me what you know about uh, about Owen's case. Well, I was actually sitting at my desk. I, I, I personally had plans to go, wasn't able to go, wasn't able to get off work. So I was sitting at my desk watching the InfoWars coverage that day. And um, it's kind of interesting to me that they even picked him up. I, they, Him and Alex were in inside and outside of Media Row with whatever little satellite footage they could, or satellite coverage they could get to connect long enough to actually even report on what was going on. So... It, like with what was going down, some of these trials, they'll come up and they'll say things like, oh, but we can't prove that the cell service was that bad. We have AT&T reports that say it was not I'm like, that's great. But I watched people trying to live stream and struggling to do so. They wanted to live stream. So you can't tell me that that was you know something that they didn't want to do or it was it was the other way around. So they yeah, I mean, there's, there's a max there's a max load to anything. Exactly. So, so regardless exactly. of, of whether there they had good coverage that day if there's too many people trying to connect i mean that's the issue yeah exactly there might not have been a power outage that you can report on but the doj likes to take evidence and fabricate it and repurpose it to their agenda but with owen and uh, alex they were in and out all day there is evidence of alex going around saying don't do this go over to this side this side we're allowed to protest not that side and all of that's been taken completely out of context or just completely ignored. Uh, if you look through his, like you can go to the DOJ's capital breach cases and actually review what they say his, you know, his evil uh, deeds were that day. He's a, he's on a particular, uh, it looks like this is marketing that they made for the protest. So he's on some protesting uh, materials that are the, some marketing materials that say fight for Trump. Um, you know, that's a crime nowadays. Um, there's a couple of other times. I mean, he he chanted 1776 in the crowd. That's literally part of the criminal complaint. Um, it's just everything about him. And every time you even look through, you know, when you look at enough of these cases, you see some people who are, they're rowdy, they're pissed off that day, have all of the reasons to be pissed off. But they'll, you know, they're pointing, they're doing something. Sometimes there's scuffles between police and they'll cut out what police did and just focus on what the protester did. But that happens sometimes. None of that is here in Owen's case. Owen is literally standing behind Alex Jones in most of this. Alex Jones usually has a microphone in his hand doing what they do, which is speaking, which is First Amendment protected. And he's usually within the perimeter that the security team sets. So what is Owen supposed to do? Is he supposed to leave his security team and go off half cocked because he's like, well, the FBI doesn't want me standing here today. <laughs> Yeah, there, yeah. In, a lot of what I've seen in some of these cases as well is they've taken the part of the, the Declaration of Independence that talks about the consent of the governed, which is really what people there that day when they're talking about 1776, when they're saying whatever, all of this rhetoric. The idea is if you took my vote 
You have therefore violated my consent. I withdraw my consent to be governed by you. You have proven to me that you are a fraudulent establishment. You have proven to me that you don't have my best interests at heart. I now withdraw my consent. And with even with what craziness did go down that day, I think it was the most peaceful version of I withdraw my consent that we have ever seen in probably world history. Yeah. I mean, the, Brazil had a more violent insurrection than we did. And even then, did they, <laughs> or did we only get three seconds of a clip of someone doing something like smashing a window? Right. Which is still not worth the 10 years that Dominic Pozzola, he was one of our uh, clients, that Dominic Pozzola was given a decade of your life because you followed another kid and broke a window. And then the DOJ, even in that case, took the footage and manipulated the footage that they gave to the jury. We were able to get that in on Dominic's behalf. But going back to Owen, it's it's insanity. It's pure insanity. And half of the time that they have pictures of Owen, he's literally just standing there looking. This is the, this is what he's doing in almost all of the pictures. Yeah. He's standing and staring. So it's not even him speaking. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's uh, he he goes into it in the in the presser a lot. It's all about the rhetoric. It's all about mm -hmm. his free speech. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, it's what he said when he was sitting in Texas in a studio that they're mad about. That's yeah. truly oh, what it is. And have convicted. Well, he pled out. Uh, but if he had gone to trial, he would have been seeing years. Well, and that's the thing here. OK, so he got 60 days um, and. Uh, you know, he says he's going to, he's going to appeal it. He's going to go all the way to the Supreme court with this. Good for him. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the good news. He's, uh, Norm is Norm Pattis is his journey yeah. right there by his side and kicking butt, taking names. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy too. And, yep. uh, so I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful about, about how this is going to come out because it's, uh, you know, he's going to have the, he's going to have the funding to do it because, uh, he's got yes. a lot of supporters yes. and, and he'll be able to raise the money to, uh, to continue this fight. So, yep. and that is one thing that is super important. Like most of these cases, uh, at the federal level would cost anywhere from a hundred thousand to $250,000 per attorney. And that's, yes, you'd probably get a, a whole farm behind you, but, these people do not have that. And these attorneys are taking these cases on at a huge discounted rate. And sometimes they have they have 30 cases all at one time. And they're they're willing to go down to that, you know, not per case, instead of 250000 per case, go to just pay me what I'm used to making in a year on my own salary and I'm good. And even yeah. that, there's just, there's so much work to do and not enough bodies to do it. Not enough competent people to do it. There's a lot of people who care, but don't know enough and aren't like legally ready for the kind of nuance that you have to deal with when you're dealing in the courts. So you have to have people who are licensed, ready to go and, and ready to win and pissed off about losing. And it's very difficult. So I'm, I'm Owen's probably, like you said, one of the best positions that he could be in for this. And I hope they get all the way to SCOTUS. And I hope that this becomes uh, a law in the books that you cannot do this to these people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us, Hashan. Um, and, absolutely, anytime. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to go right on into the presser now. Awesome. Thank you. If you doubt that this is a free speech case, I'm now going to go into the details of this memo. And you will see exactly that this is indeed that. I'm going to quote directly. The government sensing memorandum. First quote, Schroyer spread election disinformation. That's speech. That's speech. Paired with rhetoric. That's speech. Now, this one I find quite ironic, actually. 
It says he precisely warned in November 2020 that if Biden became president, it's not going to be a million peaceful marchers in D.C. Well, I guess they should have heed my warning then. I guess I was right then, wasn't I? So in other words, I warned them that that would happen. And what did they do to stop it? They stood down local law enforcement and they pulled Capitol Police back. Maybe they should have taken my advice instead of Mayor Mariel Bowser's and Nancy Pelosi's. I quote again, Schroer took to a megaphone that speech. Here's some of the speech that they're quoting. We declare death to tyranny, death to tyrants. Death to tyrants. That is a quote in the document that they're criminalizing. Death to tyrants. It then claims that I did not stop at the site of tear gas or sounds of explosions on the west side of the Capitol. All of this went down before we even stepped foot anywhere near the Capitol. This was already done. By the time we got there, our effort was to stop it. That's obviously provable with the video evidence. They quote 1776. They say, I chanted 1776. So now it's criminal to say 1776? What does that mean? That's a quote. So again, we tried to stop that activity. The video evidence proves it. When they cite my prior case, I think it's worth stating now, my entire suspension of sentence and deferred prosecution would have been completed. It would have been done. It would have been done. I would have served my probation, I would have served my community service, and it all would have been done. But because I couldn't, it was impossible for me to do so. Talk about causing violence in DC well, what happens when the president has to go to the bunker because of riots in D.C.? Was there a big federal case out of that? How many defendants had to come to this courtroom because of the fires and the riots in D.C. when Donald Trump had to go to the bunker in the White House? Did you hear about that? Was that a big story? No. Now, as Norm pointed out, and I want to quote directly from the DPA, with intent, with intent, now, there was no reason for us to try to argue that in the courtroom today. But I think it's worth noting now, I had no intent. The proof I had no intent rests in the fact that they had my phone records, a question and answer session with me, and they could not prove any intent. There was no intent. And had I had an opportunity to defend that, we would have argued that there was no intent. But again, operating in good faith, we decided to take the plea, our good faith, has now been shattered. They lied. They lied to the judge. They said Schroyer had not completed any hours of community service. That is an outright lie. And they knew it was a lie, or they did not do their due diligence to fact check it. Let me explain that so the context is clear. A deferred prosecution agreement, as I said earlier, is an agreement that someone makes with the government. If, he will, if the defendant does certain things, the government will dismiss the charges. One of the things Mr. Schroyer was supposed to do was 32 hours of community service. In their sentencing memo, they said he refused to do it, and that reflected on his disrespect for the law. We provided the court with an email we sent to a federal prosecutor containing proof of 30 hours of community service done on February 5th, 2021. It was together with a request that they honor the DPA, the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, and dismiss the action. 
Our response was, no, there's an open investigation. We will not be dismissing. And what's more, you miscounted. He owes us two more hours. So what he did is, Mr. Troyer did, is he went out and he did two more hours. But at that point, the negotiations broke down. We filed a motion in the Superior Court to dismiss, uh, or to enforce rather, the DPA, um, the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, claiming that there was a vindictive prosecution of Mr. Schroyer because of his participation on January 1st. That motion, um, th that motion got tabled pending this and uh, this charges in this case, and today they dismissed that rather than address our claims of vindictive prosecution. So when Mr. Schroyer talks about bad faith, I don't want you out there thinking, hey, that's sour grapes, he's whining. The fact of the matter is the government made a commitment to Mr. Schroyer. Mr. Schroyer fulfilled the commitment. When he tried to call it in, they said, no, circumstances have changed. The circumstance that changed is he engaged in a, in a, in, in a, in a, in a protest that became a riot that has become the private obsession of Merrick Garland. And this is directly to you, Mr. Garland. I hope these words find you. What in the hell is the matter with you? Seriously? This event took place almost three years ago, and you are still prosecuting people? I felt bad for Merrick Garland when he did not get his appointment to the Supreme Court in the waning days of the Obama administration, but now I'm glad he didn't. He is the Inspector Javert of the Justice Department, and he cannot find a bridge quickly enough, as far as I'm concerned, and I hope I'm not prosecuted for those words. But he's unhinged. Three years after the Civil War in the United States, a war that resulted in the killing of fellow Americans, 600,000 Americans, we found a way to repatriate those people and set about the business of trying to rebuild the country. Now, on the eve of the 2024 election, prosecutors are still bringing new cases against January 6 protesters and seeking serious penalties each time they can get in front of a judge. What is the matter with you, Merrick? Seriously. And, and I would also like to point out that this insinuation or assumption that I violated my DPA is just that. We never defended that, and we chose not to defend that because we assumed that the government would be operating in good faith in the plea agreement that they would not continue to process or lit litigate that. But that was obviously a lie based off their sentencing memo and based off of what happened in the courtroom today. So no, we never got a chance to defend that. And I would argue right here that I didn't violate my probation. I did my community service. And as far as my understanding of the DPA is concerned, I didn't violate that because I never went there with any intent. But you see, we chose not to defend that because it was our understanding as part of the plea agreement that that case was not going to be relitigated. Well, we were wrong. Good faith was shattered. There's an entire section in this memo labeled Schroyer's Rhetoric, labeled Schroyer's Rhetoric. You're telling me this is not a free speech case when an entire section of this memo is Schroyer's Rhetoric? Well, gee, what's a synonym for rhetoric? Speech. That's what a synonym for rhetoric is. In fact, it's probably the number one synonym for rhetoric would be speech if you looked it up right now. Here's a quote in the Schroyer's Rhetoric section. Quote, this is a quote from me. We are still in control of this country. Isn't that we the people? Right? Isn't that we the people? Well, I guess we got a loud answer about that today, didn't we? I guess we the people are not in control of this country. When popular sovereignty becomes a crime, you're a criminal. Each and every one of you. Here's another quote 
Troyer spoke to another DC crowd through a bullhorn. That speech. That speech. Here they are quoting something from my show on November 18th, 2020. That speech. That speech. November 18th, 2020. And, and I'll add, because I, I'm not going to go into the weeds of all the different quotes they had from my shows, but these people watched every second of every broadcast, every interview, and everything I've been saying for five years. And they didn't learn a damn thing. <laughs> so for five years, these people have been obsessed with me. Why? Why me? I don't have a violent criminal charge ever in my life. I'm not a violent person, never been. Ask anybody I know, and I'll tell you, I'm quite popular. And you ask anybody I know, I've got a huge heart, and I have a peaceful soul. But that somehow gets lost on this government in their obsession to track and trace and now litigate everything I say. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised. They requested my phones. In fact, are they going to give those back? We'll get them. We'll see if they ever give them back. Because who knows, they could lie about what's in there. They could lie about my text messages. Well, they might put them in the National Archives, you know, as you know, evidence of the, the great national threat disruption to our way of life. You know, we did a number 666. Well, let's hope that actually it goes in the archives of a free speech victory when we win this on appeal. And it might get to the highest levels of the court. I'll leave it at that. But again, maybe they're going through my texts. How long have they been monitoring my emails? My text messages, they're watching my show every day. Why wouldn't I believe they're monitoring all of my speech? Have my rights been violated? Have my privacy rights been violated? January 5th, Schroyer addresses crowds gathered in DC. Again, that's speech. In fact, that's a whole other section. So there's two sections. There's two sections of the sentencing memo that are just speech. Schroyer, here's a quote again. Schroyer yelled, we are going to restore and we are going to save the Republic and all these great Americans are going to be the ones to do that. That offended them. That offended them? We're going to restore and save the Republic? That's offensive to the Justice Department? Here's another one. Schroyer called into a live broadcast. That's speech. Quote, quote, what I'm afraid of is if we do not get this false certification... Sorry, there's a lot of criminals in D.C., okay, in case you didn't know. So the sirens go off in D.C. a lot. No, that's not. They're, they're on their way right now to first bond for a guy who mugged an older woman because he was a victim of historic forces that led to him not... Or, or, or maybe he was robbing a store and someone tried to stop him, and so you've got to arrest the guy. So there's going to be police sirens because this is a criminal, a lot of criminal activity here in the Democrat-run District of Columbia, but they're more concerned about me. Let's just, let's just make that little campy remark real quick. Getting back to this, quote, this is a quote from the sentencing memo of a quote from me. What I'm afraid of is if we do not get this false certification of Biden stopped this week, I'm afraid of what this means for the rest of the month. I'm afraid of what this is gonna to mean to those Trump supporters. Well, I guess we now know what it means, don't we? I guess we now know what it means for those Trump supporters. And I guess I was right again. It means political persecution. And for many, it means indefinite incarceration. I was afraid that would be the case. And now here we are. Here it is again. Quote, Schroyer addressed a crowd at Freedom Plaza. On January 5th. On January 5th, Schroyer addressed a crowd at Freedom Plaza. That's speech. 
And, you know, they say these things, and then the prosecutor had the ovaries to stand up in front of the judge and say, we're only talking about his January 6th speech. Those are brass ovaries, folks. Buy them if you can. More criminals, more criminal activity, but Merrick Garland is focused on me instead of cleaning up the streets for average Americans. More speech, I quote, Schroyer took to a megaphone in front of one of those crowds on Pennsylvania Avenue, and here's the quote, in 1776, the American patriots sent a loud message to the entire world, tyranny will not exist in the West, and so now the Democrats are posing as communists, but we know what they really are, they're just tyrants, they're tyrants. Well, I guess they're proving me right again. I guess they have proven me right again. Now, here's something that they mention as well. After hearing that people may have breached the Capitol, Schroyer and Person One, it's funny that they don't want to mention whose name it is. The because evil Alex Jones and they don't want to, Info Wars. And they don't want to mention his name because all Alex can be seen doing that day is trying to detract people from going into the Capitol and detract people from engaging in illegal behavior. In fact, it's all over the body cam footage. It's been submitted as, as evidence. So they say, after hearing people breach the Capitol, Schroyer and Person One began leading a crowd down Pennsylvania Avenue towards the Capitol building, encircled in the red area with the megaphone. So again, why did we go there? To stop the crowds, to stop the activities, and to go to our licensed speaking stage that we had already had. Again, I quote, Schroyer continued shouting to the crowd through a megaphone. That's speech. That's speech. Okay, so now they're saying, now they get into, okay, I breached, I breached the Capitol grounds. And again, this was, the Capitol had already been breached. This, the Capitol had already been breached. The Capitol grounds had already been breached hours before we got there. They even mentioned that we stood on stairs with person one and led a chant of USA. I chanted USA. Look, I chanted USA. I chanted USA, and that's now being used against me in a sentencing memo. They even quoted, and, and by the way, what did, what did person one say when we were on those steps? Don't go into the Capitol. This is going to be used against us. And now here we are. It's incredible, isn't it? But then it quotes one of, one of the members of our team that was there that day, and it says, let's take a break right here. Let me talk to this cop and see if I can get person one, Alex Jones, up there to de-escalate the situation. De-escalate the situation. Direct quote, de-escalate the situation. Do I really have to explain what that means? Maybe I should for the prosecution. What's a synonym for de-escalate? Stop, cease, put an end to the violence. Now, this I find actually quite humorous. Would you like to see the evidence that they are presenting to the judge of proof that I breached Capitol grounds? Tell me, Norm, can you read that sign? Do you know what that says? Not really. Yeah, here's their evidence. Here's their evidence that I knew I'd breached an area. Can you guys see that? A stomped, trampled, dirtied, muddied sign on the ground that is clearly unreadable. I mean, look, that's a joke. That's a joke. And that's their proof that I knew I had crossed a boundary? Folks, the boundaries were all down. This is the best evidence they have is a crumpled up, creased up, smashed up, stomped out, muddied up sign on the ground that nobody could have read. And that's their evidence. They're, oh boy, I don't even know where to stop. Here they are again. 
I'm chanting USA, a chant of USA being used against me, a chant of 1776 being used against me. Oh, here's a third section. Here's a third section on my speech. Schroer's statements on Infowars. Schroer's statements. What's a synonym for statement, Norm? What somebody said. <laughs> speech. That's what I thought. Speech. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, I'm a little slow. Folks. Speech. Folks, folks, they quote me. They quote me. We want to send a peaceful message. That's a direct quote of mine in the sentencing memo. Don't believe me? Here we go. Highlighted. We just want to send a peaceful message. And it goes on and says to Mike Pence and others. But there it is. I said, we want to send a peaceful message. So what do we have presented so far? We tried to de-escalate. That's a quote. And we wanted to send a peaceful message. That's also a quote. Oh, here's a fourth section on speech. Spreading January 6th misinformation following January 6th. So we're now getting into things that didn't even happen or were even said on January 6th. And again, it's a fourth section of the sentencing memo criminalizing my speech. In the weeks and months that followed, Schroyer continued to peddle conspiracy theories. In the weeks and months that followed, my speech that they were just so obsessed. I'm just going, what, what are- For that, Mr. Schroyer must go to jail. Are you going to be asked to go to jail for listening to it? Are you going to be a co-conspirator because you listen to misinformation? Will you be held to have a culpable or blameworthy mental state because you believe what Mr. Schroyer said? Um, conspiracy theorists, beware, you're next. And I'm just curious too, what is the government gonna do if I'm off air and in jail? What are they gonna do with all the time they spend following me around, watching my show, litigating all this stuff? You guys well, are gonna be easy. bored. No, they'll have a guy in the cell with you asking you to say more so they can cook up some more charges. Or more seriously, they're coming for you next. That's the serious thing. They've got me now, they've got their pound of flesh. Now they're coming for you. Again, here they are quoting things I said after that day, things I said after that day on May 17th. Oh, and they misrepresented comments here saying, well, Schroyer had no remorse. Schroyer had no remorse after the indictment. Folks, this quote here is from May 17th, 2021. That was months before I was indicted. Or charged, there was no indictment, but Mr. Schroyer was not charged until August of 2021. So this idea that I showed no remorse after the charges is impossible. I hadn't been charged yet. But see, we didn't get to defend any of this because we took a plea thought, thinking the government would be acting in good faith. We learned the hard way they were. They don't do that. Check this one out. Look at what they submitted to evidence of proof that I'm somehow a criminal. A picture of me inside the Capitol with a piece of tape over my mouth and a sign that says, I've been banned from social media and they're trying to ban me from the Capitol. Which, uh, Norm, should we talk about that? Sure. Now, this is something that we haven't really discussed, but I guess now's the time. So, but anyway, here's the picture. I have a piece of tape over my mouth and they're using that against me. Now, in the original case from, I believe it was December, 2019, Norm, didn't we have to go in front of three different judges because the prosecuting attorney literally wanted to ban me from D.C. and That's the judges right. said, no way I'm doing that? You can't do that. Your initial, when, when Mr. Schroyer was initially detained, he was placed in the lockup, brought out, 
and we argued for his release, and the court was inclined and did agree to release him. The government asked as a condition that he be banned from stepping foot on the Capitol, and our position was, huh? Which part of you can't do that does the government not understand? And the court sided with us, basically saying he could not be banned from the Capitol. So they did try to ban me from the Capitol, and multiple judges said that that was beyond comprehension. And so they requested a new judge until they could get the DPA that they wanted. I continue, page 20. Schroer's words. Schroer's words. And then they say that I was on release for nearly the same conduct? Really? You're going to compare 30 seconds of a disruption of Jerry Nadler to what happened on January 6th? Really? Nearly the same conduct? I believe that is just an outright falsification and misrepresentation of reality. But again, Schroer had an active order to stay away from U.S. Capitol grounds. No. I had an order not to intend to disrupt any proceedings. And I had no intention of such that day or any other day. It then condemns me for not correcting my rhetoric in regards to January 6th or the 2020 election. Is there something you wanted to say? Yeah. Let me go back to this point. It's important to put January 6th, 2021 in context. There was a concerted strategy by Trump and his advisors to try to stop the process. But if they wanted to stop it with guns, tanks, seizing communications networks and a coup, nobody else got the memo. What they did is they engaged in a series of failed legal strategies. They wanted to have slates of alternative electors ready in case an election results in a particular state were declared unlawful. And they acted in that way. They also believed, and Mr. Trump had been advised by counsel, that Pence had authority to do other than what Pence thought he did. So if there was a constitutional crisis in the country at that time, it wasn't that one side decided to use force to subvert democracy, which is the constant theme of prosecutors in this case. It is that lawyers realistically disagreed about what to do in an issue of first impression. And when a lawyer says that, what that means is it was an issue that hadn't arisen before. So Trump thought, I believe the record will show, and I've read the entire January 6th House report, go to the Capitol, raise noise. Maybe they'll hear you in there. Maybe Pence will wake up and do what we think he should do. Pence disagreed. Reasonable minds can disagree about the Constitution. It is written in vague terms. So what happened on January 6th, 2021, is protesters went to the Capitol to be heard. A riot broke out. And I represented Joe Biggs, and now I represent Joe Biggs and Zach Rell in the Proud Boys case. And the government knows to a moral certainty there was no plan that day. And the House committee can write its highly fictional account of the events that day and ignore reality. But even the prosecution stood up at the closing arguments of the Proud Boys case, and I see some of you who were there that day, and said the following. A plan needn't be stated. It can be implicit. It could have been formed even after the first breach at the barricade. There need not be an exchange of words. And you know what? If there was, the government would have produced it. It didn't. The government stood up and argued instantaneous agreement. All of us, I guess, have just agreed to something. I don't know what it is. Your conduct will prove what we agreed to. This was wrong. Owen appeared at the Capitol that day. He appeared to try to exercise his lawful influence on Mike Pence. 
He thought with others that Pence had the ability to stop the certification. There were alternative electors, as has historically been the case in electoral context in the country, prepared to act. It didn't happen. And now each and every participant in this has been criminalized, and the government seeks to throw them in jail. It almost makes me wonder what they're trying to hide. That's odd because it sounds to me like now they're insinuating somehow they know how to telepathically communicate. I'm not familiar with that capability. Maybe they can inform us, but I guess they're not criminalizing alleged telepathic communication. AI is pretty powerful. Who knows what they're cooking up in the NSA. And, you know, Justice Department, if you can read my mind, I'm asking for immunity for what I'm thinking about you right now. So it goes on. The court should consider the defendant's statements. 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 What's a synonym for statement? Speech. 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 In determining an appropriate sentence, which should include incarceration. That's as clear as day. This sentencing memo from the Department of Justice, clear as day, says that courts should consider legal, lawful speech to incarcerate whoever they want. They can deny the ham sandwich if it learns how to talk. Now, there's a whole thing in here about lack of respect for law enforcement. It says I have lack of respect for law enforcement. Anybody who knows my public record and my public platform knows that I have ample respect for law enforcement. I've had rallies for pro-law enforcement, specifically when the other side of the political aisle, the Democrats, have shown contempt for law enforcement. Do I have to go into detail? I think we all know. Defund the police. All cops are bad. All the riots. No, I've shown support for law enforcement, and that has been clearly indicated through my public work throughout the year. And there's a reason when I go into, well, let me just put it like this. When I go into government buildings and police officers are there, they want to shake my hand and thank me for what I've done. Is that because I don't respect them or because I show clear respect for them? The answer is pretty obvious. Now, it's funny because they quote the officers that were injured that day on January 6th, and let's be clear, none of them by me or anybody I was with. We tried to work with them to protect them and protect the Capitol. That didn't happen. But again, show me any criminal sentencing or filing that alleges any guilt associated with any individual to the hundreds, if not thousands, of police officers that got assaulted in the summer of 2020 during the Black Lives Matter George Floyd riots. Show me any instance, but they have it here for me. Seems like a two-tiered system of justice, and I don't think it could be more obvious. I'm about to reach the end of this document. It's all public. You can look it for yourself. Here's one more quote. Schroer played a role in halting the proceedings that day. Ladies and gentlemen, we wanted the proceedings. Why would we want to sabotage the proceedings? That was what we wanted. We wanted those lawful proceedings to happen. We wanted the review of the electoral college votes. We wanted the review of the law and the application of the law when it took place in the 2020 election. We wanted the proceedings. That was the entire purpose. Why would I want to disrupt that? I didn't, and the government knows that. That's all my statements as far as the sentencing memo is concerned. Go ahead, Norm. So where do we go from here? We've asked the court to leave Mr. Schroer at liberty, 
pending an appeal. He's asked for further briefing on that. The legal standard, in other words, what he has to find, is that there's a substantial likelihood that Mr. Troyer will succeed and that there was something unlawful about the nature of the sentencing proceedings. The court's reliance on his speech, his protected speech in this context, we suggest makes this a clear candidate for appeal. And we intend to file a memoranda in support of Mr. Troyer late this week or early next week, and we will file a notice of appeal with the District of Columbia Court of Appeals. It's our intention to get this case to the U.S. Supreme Court because while relevant offense conduct may be important for a court to consider in the context of sentencing, in this case, Mr. Troyer's political speech and political activities were used to put him in prison. And if it can happen here, you know, first they came for Owen. I mean, first they came for Alex. Then they came for Owen. Then maybe next they'll come for me. But they won't stop until they get you, until the dead hand of conformity and uniformity governs this country and the Bill of Rights is made to be a dead letter. This case is vital. We need your support going forward. So my final statement, is that your final statement? So my final statement on this and everything we've discussed here today is this. You know, I consider myself an extremely blessed person. From the time I was in high school and writing for my student paper and editing for my student paper to starting up the morning news. My high school didn't have a morning news. I started a whole morning news program there. It still runs to this day. I always had dreams of being in media. I feel extremely blessed and fortunate with my hard work and good fortune that I've been able to accomplish my dreams. Call it the American dream. I've been able to do what I wanted. And I believe in this country, maybe this is under threat, that if you apply yourself, you can accomplish the American dream too. But my goal was to be a journalist, a talk show host, an entertainer, a communicator. I never wanted to be the story and I never intended on becoming a free speech martyr or activist. But I've now been put into a corner and I've now been put into a position where that's what I've been forced to become by what I view as a corrupt government. So this is my future now. I can't just do my talk show like I like to do. I can't just do journalistic work like I like to do. I can't just entertain, bring people together and bring them joy like I like to do. Now I have to fight for my life. I have to fight for my freedom. And I have to become a free speech martyr and a free speech activist for the foreseeable future. I would like to thank the InfoWars audience and the expansion of that audience for all your support. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today. I'd probably be locked up in a cell. Who knows, they might have put me six feet underground. I think there's some people that would like to see that. And because of your support, we're going to continue to put forth a legal battle. Now, we were not expecting this to go this way, quite frankly. We thought that the justice system and how it works would see through this document and decide not to incarcerate somebody for their speech. Unfortunately, we were wrong. And now my legal battle continues. And so now I'm going to have to reach out once again to the audience for your help in my continued legal fight, which is set to go on for maybe another year or more. And so when I get back into Austin and I get back in studio, I'm going to have to launch another legal fundraiser so that I can continue to afford legal representation and put up this fight, put up this appeal, which I guess we'll officially announce now. 
we'd like to bring to the Supreme Court of the United States. And so with that final statement, I will take any questions if anybody has them. Miller, you say that uh, President Trump uh, really placed a lot of blame on Trump for being equal to the Capitol that day. However, why is the government sanctioned to shoot people in the face that day, murder people, and also discuss how you're not allowed to produce witnesses and evidence in that courtroom? It's basically like the defense attorneys are crippled and like def how they try to defund the police. You can't do your job or you risk losing your license. Well, there are about six questions in there. I'm not sure which one to answer. I, you know, the country, in my opinion, is at risk right now. Um, I was talking to one of the prosecutors earlier, and I said, you know, we're in a full-scale legitimation crisis. These are dark times. Things are tense, and I'm worried about the country. And he said, we've seen worse times. And maybe he's right. I mean, when I was coming up as a kid, the weather underground was blowing up buildings a couple times a week. Democrats. Sometimes, sometimes multiple times on the same night. Um, but I, I, one of the things I said to Judge Kelly today is, you know, look at the world around you and ask yourself how a man who has four times been indicted is running neck and neck with the incumbent president in some cases ahead. And that's because there's a deep and abiding anger in the American people who feel forgotten. One of the things I learned in the Proud Boys case was just how deep their regard for the country was. These men weren't terrorists. They were angry. And what they were angry about is the same thing many of you were angry about. You're afraid to go into your city because in the summer of 2020, the streets are aflame. And what's happening to the arsonists, um, the, the vice presidential candidates out raising bonds for them. Do you feel at some level your government broke faith with you at that point? Now, there is a difference, I will admit, between burning down my business and attacking the Capitol. But it's not that big a difference. There are federal arson charges and people cross state lines to engage in, in they cross state lines, thus in, um, evoking the Commerce Clause and creating federal jurisdiction for federal arson charges. When Owen talks about double standards, that's what he's talking about. So I think that this fight, the fight for the soul of America, has gone on in many, many different courts of Alicia in different ways in these cases. Judges have enormous discretion about what evidence to permit, what evidence not to permit. Um, they make judgment calls. I'm still a lawyer. I have enough respect for the system to retain my license and to go in to fight every day and to hope for justice. When I don't get it, I go to appellate courts. As to some of the other complaints you raised, um, you know, the shooting of Ashley Babbitt, um, I'm not even, I don't, you know, no charges were brought against the shooter. Um, I don't know if charges ever will be brought. I don't know if there's been a full-scale investigation yet. Ashley Babbitt's mother was present in Owen's courtroom today as he was sentenced. She's still weeping for justice. And when will she get it? Um, and, you know, maybe never is the answer. So, Alicia, you know, I appreciate your support and, and the support of groups like the Gateway Pundit. I think that they're shining a courageous light as is InfoWars in the dark corners of, of American public life. I even, you know, I see you here as well, and your reporting has been excellent. We need to rely on citizen journalists because the mainstream media, they'll be gloating today about Owen. And, and the airwaves will be filled with hostile commentary. But ask yourself a question. When you have a story that you want to be told about your community, is it the New York Times that's turning up at your door, or is it a local journalist? And more often than not, it's a local journalist who has their hand on the pulse of your community, instead of the mainstream media, who often has its hands around your throat. And I, I, mean, I mean, I know Politico is here, and Kyle, I'm not taking a poke at you. Your, your reporting has been very fair. But there are large institutions that control the agenda in the United States, and the legitimation crisis in this country is inspired by the fact that we, the people, feel forgotten. The protagonist in every dystopian story 
1984, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, Margaret Atwood's Handmaid's Tale, um, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. These are all people who could have been perfectly happy if they just shut up and went along. But they didn't want to go along with the program. They wanted to buck the algorithm because what we all want is we want to be free in our own skins to be ourselves as we see fit. We don't want to dance to the tune set by the man. The man beat Owen Troyer's body today, but it didn't beat his spirit. They can have him for 60 days, but they'll never touch his soul because a free soul cannot be defeated. And Owen's going to be counting on you for support in the months to come. Yeah, and, and I'd also like to say, and I'll take a question from you in one second, and you want to ask a question too. Would you like to ask a question, Kyle? So I'm going to take I'm going to take three more questions, one from Kyle, one from Ivan, and, and one from you, man. But I, I would also like to say something that happened about an hour ago. Um, Kyle Cheney from Politico has been covering this story probably as much or more than anybody else. And when I, I'd never met him before, and when I first sat down at the table with him, I was a bit of a curmudgeon, and I immediately regretted that. I immediately regretted that because I know a lot of my audience might not like Politico, and that's fine. I'd probably say the same thing. But you know what? I'm, I'm fighting for Kyle's America, too. And I regretted that, and I went back, and I, I said, I'm sorry, and I shook his hand. And I'm actually grateful Kyle is out here covering this because at least he's doing it. At least he's covering the story. And so we need more of that attitude from both sides, and I would just say that. And I know, Kyle, if you want to ask a question, I'll take one. I mean, sort of a smaller question and then larger philosophical questions, but you got up there and you spoke to the rest of the judge. You told him what I hadn't heard before that when you got up there, what you were chanting, even if it wasn't, you know, the same word as Alec Jones was saying, you were trying to get the crowd's attention to pull them away from the Capitol. And the judge didn't, the judge said, I watched the video, I don't buy that. Do you feel like you did enough to convince him? I mean, what do you feel like you explain that differently? What well, here, here's the problem, and I, I don't want to go too far off the beaten path here, or and this is not to attack the judge. Um, as far as political knowledge and media knowledge, I'm, I mean, I'm the elite. I have as much political knowledge and understanding in media as anybody. And so what the judge probably doesn't understand because he doesn't do public speaking events like I do. I've done hundreds of public speaking events. And when you lose control of a crowd, the only way to bring the control back is to get their attention. And, and usually the way to do that is to say something that they all relate to, like a USA. I start chanting USA, everybody starts chanting USA, and they start looking at us. Now in this case, it was myself and Alex Jones, but so I'm not surprised the judge didn't understand that. I'm not insulting him for not understanding that. He doesn't have the experience as a public speaker, but as somebody that's done these events, I mean, even, even at sporting events, I mean, that's what they do at sporting events. If the cheerleading team wants to get the crowd focused and on a, on, a, on a mission, what do they do? They start chanting. So, oh, you're drinking your beer, you're eating your popcorn, and then they're chanting defense. And now everyone's chanting defense. Now everybody's looking at the field watching the game. So that's, that's really a standard tactic. Anytime you are trying to get crowd control is to try to bring that control back. And starting a chant that resonates with everybody is just a standard tactic applied to that. And I would just go further, too. When we start to litigate these issues about the 2020 election, well, who's having the debate about what happened that day? Who's having the debate about 300,000 votes for Joe Biden at 3 a.m. in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Georgia? I can go on. We're not having that debate. I'm just told, no, Biden won, and you're not allowed to question it. But wait a second. When, when, do, when do I get to present the evidence for what I believe? So I just think that it, it, 
that was something that would have been done in trial. We decided to take a plea because we didn't want to go to trial. We thought that would be best for the court, the judge, the prosecution, and ourselves. And unfortunately, we had to relitigate the case after the plea was made. I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, yeah, Mel Holly with uh, 1776returns.com. Oh, you might oh, want to change that name. What? Might need to change the name. <laughs> letters or numbers now. Uh, yeah. So um, I'm sure you know what's going on in uh, in New Mexico with uh, the yes. governor. Yes. Um, do you think that uh, they know that at this point the First Amendment is dead and they're going for the Second Amendment now? I think this is like chum in the water uh, for tyrants or I mean, at this, I mean, or just say Democrats, if you want to get specific, I think it's chum in the water. I think when they see cases like this and free speech and the First Amendment not being protected with all the might of the judge and the Justice Department, they see that as chum in the water. And, you know, I'll tell you another instance of this, because I notice this a lot. Whenever a person one or myself gets a lawsuit, you know what tends to follow up immediately? Another lawsuit. And then another lawsuit. And a lot of these times, these lawsuits are so frivolous and they just keep coming, a judge will just toss them. But it's like chum in the water for tyrants. Whenever they see a crack in the armor, they go in. So they see a crack in the armor with free speech, they go in. They see a crack in the armor with the Second Amendment, the Constitution, they're going in. And because you raised the question about first and second, I want to give you a tip about what to watch for in Massachusetts. Massachusetts has a right to shelter law that is more liberal, uh, more expansive than anywhere else. And the result is it's facing a migrant crisis right now. The governor of Massachusetts and lieutenant governor recently called for people to open their homes to migrants to satisfy that requirement. First they ask, then they compel. The Third Amendment right against quartering soldiers, against the government forcing people into your home, says they can't do it, um, um, but it doesn't, the, 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 take, the takings clause has never been applied to that. So my prediction is that come winter, Massachusetts will impose a, statu a requirement um, that if the government says you've got excess space and offers to pay you for it, they'll get to use it for humanitarian purposes. This is globalism writ large. This is the end of the American dream and the end of independence. It's management of the world in the ways that Klaus Schwab predicted. We will own everything, but you, you will, we will own, you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. And I would just say as a final, again, whenever tyrants see weakness, in this case, in our Bill of Rights and Constitution, they go for broke. And let's be perfectly clear. The only thing standing between the corporate world government and the citizen of the United States of America is the Bill of Rights and is the Constitution. If they remove that, good luck. Last question, Ivan Raikland. The common theme of everybody that has been politically persecuted and prosecuted started over there at the Capitol Police Board, headed up by a consistent, the first time you were arrested was under Speaker Pelosi. The next time it was under Speaker Pelosi. What have you as an attorney done to, peel, to pierce the veil of secrecy because you can't FOIA the general counsel, Tad Tobias, the Capitol Police Board acting chief, uh, previously Yogananda Pittman, and now the current Capitol Police Chief, uh, what's his name, Thomas Manger, to be able to identify all the documents on where they went from an original jurisdiction to prosecute and then to escalate it and then potentially manipulate that evidence before it was sent over to the DOJ. Have you guys looked into all that sequence of chain not. of custody of all evidence before it even went to the DOJ to prosecute? We tried the charges that the witnesses were prepared.
prepared to testify about and their motives um, were, 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 were not searched. The government, it is an uncommon theme, it is not a common theme, it is not uncommon in criminal courts to say the government's not on trial here, the defendant is, you take your witnesses as you find them. I think that's dead wrong. The government is on trial in every case it brings. It has the burden of proof. And when the government chooses to step into a courtroom, its motives should be inquired into. How do I at help you point, prove the motivations so and the point, manipulation at that I'm, level before I'm preparing it went to the DOJ. an FOI request for Joe Biggs that is narrowly focused on the FBI right now and is trying to compel them to give us information about CHSs. Ivan, what you're telling me is a much broader um, inquiry is necessary, and obviously I don't know enough about that. I'll be looking to you in the days and weeks to come. How to finance that litigation, we may need help from folks because it's going to be a problem. Pro bono. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, pro bono. I'll tell that to my mortgage holder. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm willing to do what I can, um, and please let's talk later. Yes, okay? thank you. I'm going to make one final statement, and Norm is welcome to follow up if he wants to. Again, I want to thank everybody that came out here from the Gateway Pundit. I want to thank Kyle Cheney from Political. I want to thank Ivan Raglan. I want to thank Mel from 1776 Returns. Some other individuals I don't know. My other friend is out here. He's always supporting us as well. Uh, I want to thank InfoWars. And uh, I would just say this in closing. The justice system that we have here in the United States is also a cornerstone of our republic. It's not just the First Amendment and the Second Amendment that are under attack, but it's the justice system that there's a belief, there's a trust, there's a faith that you're going to get a fair trial. That means that there's going to be good faith in any proceedings and negotiations and that the judge is going to respond to this, whether it's a trial or a plea, and that the negotiations and the proceedings are ongoing and it's a fluid thing until it's finalized. My concern is that here in this day in American justice, decisions are made, incarcerations are set, whatever else have you, and all of this is decided before the individual ever even sees his day in court. And if that's where we're at in this country, folks, then the justice system is truly dead. So unless Norm Pattis would like to follow up, that's going to conclude my statements for today. I just say this, you know, there's been a, a weaponization of government committee from the House. It hasn't been nearly aggressive enough, um, nearly courageous enough um, in the questions it's asked and the answers it's been that it's required to give. We had a, a, an FBI agent refuse to answer certain questions. It should have been held in contempt. Um, you know, Congress has plenary oversight uh, uh, power, um, and you know I have respect for Congress as an institution. Uh, but Jim Jordan is asleep at the switch. He needs to stop posturing, stop playing footsie with Marjorie Taylor Greene, get up off his ass and do his job. There are serious questions that need addressing, and Jim Jordan's not getting the job done. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank All you bleed the same red blood of patriots. Make honey great again. I guess we feel like we're servants, and we have a product out there that's really cool, and we're, we're raising a lot, a lot, a lot of money for uh, for different groups like yourself. Grown and bottled in America. It looks just like President Trump. Where can people order this honey? It's a very easy site. It's called MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. Sales code MEL. Off it goes. Within 24 hours, it's shipped to you. Make America great again.